So it's, it's welcome to the Voice of 5G take 17. Yeah. <laughs> we're not that kind of people, are we, Paul? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're not happy unless it gets to at least take 25. <laughs> yeah, because we are perfectionists. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It, it, you can tell, can't you? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. I think we're we're doing this uh, because it's fun, and fun is not having uh, doing twenty five times with the rehearsals and uh, and uh, writing scripts. That's not fun time for me. <laughs> I don't know what is for you. <laughs> is it for anyone? I guess for some people. Right? Well, well, I guess script writers like writing scripts. I guess so. Because they they feel like they're in control then. Yeah. But, but just think, Jen, Jenny, we're, we're doing people out of work by not writing. Darn <laughs> it! I knew it was something. Hello, Janina. Yeah, shall we start? <laughs> Should we start recording? Yeah, let's uh, start. Should we do our work. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were recording already. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But should we start the recording? I mean, the recording. The recording. Yeah. Hello, Great. Janina. Hi, Paul. It's 2021. It's 22. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's still, it's, it's 1033, but. Uh... <clears throat> <laughs> uh, actually, today it's 210121. That's Ooh. a nice number, isn't it? Nice. Even yes, it has a kind of ring to it. Yeah. And uh, there was an, uh, an inauguration yesterday. Did you celebrate? Uh, uh, no, I didn't celebrate, but, uh, mm-hmm. but certainly um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people did celebrate. Um, America under new management. be interesting to see uh, how, if that makes any difference to our world of 5G. Yeah. Yeah, will it have an impact on on networks or or 5G, the 5G rollout, or uh, yeah, who knows? Oh, who knows? Probably probably some business ana- analysis out there, right? That's not us. That's not us. If you're looking for a business analysis or an analyst, don't listen to us. We are here to talk <laughs> 5G, Paul. We're here we to are. talk 5G. Yes. But- this but, is our favourite uh, topic. It is. <laughs> so, maybe, so maybe we should start with our favourite topic and actually talk about something that is going to affect 5G in the US. Yes. Uh, and, that, and that's 5G spectrum auction. Coming up. Uh, I think it finished last week. Ooh. Uh, or at least uh, for this particular auction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of spectrum around, so maybe they're going to auction some more spectrum. Um, the U.S. spectrum auction raised an incredible eighty billion dollars. Those are some, uh, yeah, fantastical figures. But that's not the important thing, Paul. What they paid well, for that? What well, did they get? It's, it's not. But uh, but I mean, we're talking about uh, two hundred and eighty megahertz of spectrum. So that's in the mid band, C band, three point seven to four gigahertz uh, up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, they're, they're auctioning off blocks in across uh, across different parts of the country as well. So you're not paying like a block price necessarily for the whole for the whole country. But but yeah, lots of spectrum there. 
and uh, it's going to make a big difference in the US. And up to now, I think only T-Mobile has had like mid-band spectrum, and a mid-band is quite important for being able to provide a good capacity and good coverage. It's a very good uh, kind of compromise band, you could say. Uh, so we'll actually see average speeds in the US networks increase significantly, I think, uh, when they start rolling out that on a wide on a wide area basis. So that's really cool. Um, I think one of the things that we, we we maybe mention later in the podcast is is uh, the thing with the thing with releasing spectrum or sell, auctioning spectrum is that most spectrum is uh, is already being used by somebody. So if you want to use it for something else, in this case mobile, then uh, you uh, you need to free up the spectrum to be able to use it for different uses. So they're actually, as I understand it, in this uh, spectrum auction, I think uh, uh, of that 80 billion, I think something like 10 billion or just under will actually be used for incentive payments for the people that are currently using the spectrum to to move to use something else. So, uh, uh-huh. and uh, I think it's actually spe- uh, satellite companies that are currently using their spectrum bands. Mm-hmm. So satellite spectrum. companies, you mean the t- uh, like TV transmission companies or do you mean also other? Well, not, well I don't services. know, but uh, it's communication bands for use, use for satellites, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweden. On yeah, hand, yeah. Um, Let's talk they've Sweden actually been spectrum. They've actually been auctioning similar spectrum, you could say. Um, some spectrum down in the two, 2.3 uh, gigahertz. Um, so that's more like the, the spectrum around that you might use with uh, 4G, uh, and then uh, between 3.4 and uh, 3.7 gigahertz. And uh, they've got about 400 megahertz of spectrum that which they're auction, auctioning, um, and uh, so actually quite a bit, bit more than they're releasing in the US. So that's good for Sweden. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Uh, Does it mean that the, Does this mean that we that we will see a, a five-year rollout in Sweden now? Upcoming weeks. I don't do know how long it's going to. Ta- I don't know how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be quite quick. We know when when Swisscom went live. Um, you know they'd already done the work to to uh, equip their network or at least parts of their network. So their 5G service, you know, came out almost the same day that they got the spectrum. Um, so we'll kind of watch for that. And and in Sweden, of course, there is limited 5G service in some areas, uh, using uh, which is utilizing existing 4G spectrum. Um, but I think I think all of the main operator players in in uh, Sweden got something. Uh, so that's uh, Telia, uh, Telenor, and Tele2 who are kind of in um, uh, have a, a, a joint operating company that's bidding. Um, High 3G, which is the th- the three network, and also Terracom who provide it, um, like um, it's a kind of a government operator that provides uh, blue light service or public safety and uh, utilities using mm. so something for everyone uh, not least us yes <laughs> i thought you didn't want to go into that paul <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll you'll have to uh, yeah, you'll, you'll have to put together a, a kind of a, um, a buyer's guide for our colleagues on uh, which are the best 5g phones to, to use now that uh, 5g is coming oh i need to try them all now no <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish, yeah. yeah so, so, so if anyone's listening, Janine is open to offers to to, to receive <laughs> 5G cat phones for test. <clears throat> Please just send them my way, haha. Uh, okay, but then we also had some uh, cool news about uh, speed 
Paul. Speed. Yeah, we, mm. we, we often talk about speed or routinely talk about speed. Um, yeah. Uh, just this week, um, then uh, Telstra, together with Ericsson and Qualcomm, uh, set a new record of five gigabits per second to a single device um, using 850 megahertz of spectrum. But that is a lot. Doing, that's a lot, um, but that's obviously um, high band uh, spectrum. So that's uh, like up in the gigahertz, um, multi tens of gigahertz, uh, tens of gigahertz range. But actually using their using their production network for, for that, together with a, a, a device uh, as a kind of handset format test device. Um, it will be a while, I guess, before we see that in uh, in consumer devices. But the fact that it's, it's happening there together with the chip manufacturer says that that's something that's going to be on the way. Um, so that's, uh, you know, interesting to see that progression uh, and look forward to that in uh, in real networks. Yeah. So 5G goes 5 gigabits per second. That should be easy to to remember. <laughs> it, should be, it should be very easy to remember, but it, but it does highlight that, uh, that you know, this, that we often see the confusion in when we talk about 5G um uh between the the fifth generation and five gigahertz uh, uh, spectrum bandwidth uh, which is uh, which is normally actually used by wi-fi uh, so sometimes people see five g you know their wi-fi is five g five g wi-fi oh, yeah. um uh, and it's not actually 5g in that instance it's using five gigahertz yeah um, it's a lot of uh, lots of uh, abbreviations here to keep uh, track of it's 5g as five gener fifth generation, and then it's uh, five gigahertz. We talk a lot about gigahertz here and the spectrum bounds, and then it's uh, five gigabit per second <laughs> speeds. Yeah, but it's all five. So five, <laughs> five cubed. Five cubed. Uh, yeah. So uh, some uh, background information about Australia, uh, by the way. Uh, they will auction um, the regulator there, Australian Communications and Media Authority, uh, will auction 2.4 gigahertz of spectrum in the 26 gigahertz band in uh, April, I think, uh, in their ah. five, uh, 5G spectrum auctions. Uh, so that's a chunk, 2.4 yeah, so gigahertz. But that's that's really interesting because because two 2.4 gigahertz you could have three operators each with 800 megahertz each mm. um so uh, you know when we talk about using 800 megahertz of spectrum for five gigabits of throughput uh that's completely doable if you've got that much spectrum to play with wow um so uh look at australia here comes high speed 5g wow yeah um, but then, of course, just to highlight, of course, the, those spectrum bands will probably be primarily deployed in, in dense urban areas where you've got lots of people needing that throughput. Yeah. Um, nobody, <laughs> uh, nobody I know is able to read uh, read text that comes through at five gigabits per second. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, actually, I see here that the um, uh, Telstra aims to cover 75% of the country's population with 5G service by June this year. So that uh, seems pretty neat as well. Uh, it is, but I suspect if you look at Australia, geographical coverage, that it'll actually be quite small. Yeah. Uh, there, there won't be many kangaroos in the outback, outback <laughs> using, uh, using 5G. Yeah. 
Um, but there, I think we also had a, actually a news with uh, NBN. Should we have a quick look at that? Uh, oh, I think. Tell me about uh, that one. I've not seen that one. What, what, what have NBN been up to? N NBN, um, for the people that don't know, NBN is a provider in Australia, uh, which are providing the um, the broadband network. Uh, uh, as a wholesale service, which is then retailed to consumers by uh, the, by the different uh, service providers. Um, but uh, they have a very interesting strategy. They use, they use a lot of fibre in their network, uh, but as the network thins out, as, as houses get further apart, uh, they move over to using mobile uh, network as a fixed wireless access uh, provider. Mm. Uh, and in the really, really sparse parts of, of Australia, in the sparse parts of Australia, they're actually using satellite for providing uh, uh, broadband connectivity. Yeah. Um, so I, tell uh, me, what have, what have uh, NBN been up to? Yeah, they say uh, that they have set a new world record for long range millimeter wave 5G transmission. Ah, that's ah what, they that's teamed up cool. with uh, Ericsson, Qualcomm and Casa Systems. Mm. Mm. So that's... Um, that's one of the things that we were doing also during the latter part of last year is extending the range that you can reach fixed wireless access terminals with uh, using millimeter waves. So this is this uh, high frequency bands we were just talking about. The further you can take that signal, um, the more homes you can you can serve from a single uh, single location, the quicker and faster it is to, to roll out fixed wireless access 5G services. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's uh, really good in terms of, uh, again, reaching people in, in rural deployments. Um, does it say what distance was? 7.3 kilometres. Oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, and they reached, they delivered a steady speed of uh, almost one gigabit per second over that distance. So oh, that's, that's, that's really good. That's really good. And it says here also that the the typical base station um, is normally covering about uh, uh, one uh, kilometer of millimeter wave uh, or providing one kilometer of millimeter wave coverage. So it's a big. It's a big difference. Yeah. I think this, um, is, all, this is only done <coughs> with the uh, with the software upgrades and stuff. So it's pretty, pretty damn cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is there is one significant advantage when you're, you're talking about fixed wireless access, and that's the fact that the terminal doesn't move. Yes. When, yeah. when you're talking to a mobile phone, a mobile phone's moving around all the time, so so that uh, you, you, the, the system actually needs to kind of track the mobile as it moves to be able to optimise the signal. But obviously, once you've got a fixed wireless access receiver, it's in a fixed place, so you know exactly what you need to do to optimise to 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 make to get that reception. Um, so it's a slightly easier problem, but uh, that's really good, uh, really good performance. Yeah. And uh, I, I know if you take seven kilometers as a, as a, you know, as a linear distance and turn that into an area, that's that's quite a lot of square, square kilometers we're talking about. Yeah. Some good uh, news then for, for all the users out there, both fixed wireless access uh, and phones now. Uh, so, uh, Paul, shall we go into the next part of our uh, podcast now? We will talk, now we've talked about Australia here and we've talked about the US. Now we will go into Europe and Latin America. Uh, we have Christian Leon uh, with us uh, shortly. 
and he is uh, the head of uh, networks for uh, Ericsson um, for Europe and Latin America, and he will be bring us up to speed with the latest uh, things. Exciting. He will indeed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Europe and Latin America, it's it's actually bigger than that because uh, this is our, our market area. This is us, the, the area, how we organize uh, sales organization. Uh, that organization includes Russia. So it actually goes all the way from the uh, Pacific coast, all the way across across Russia through Europe uh, and all the way into Latin America to the Pacific coast on the on, in Latin America. So a kind of a, a full swathe across the globe we're going to hear about right now. Yeah, let's go over to the interview. So in today's podcast, we have Christian Leon. Hi, Christian. Hello, everybody. Hello. You are uh, Ericsson's uh, head of networks in uh, Europe and Latin America. Welcome to the podcast, Christian. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you. And we wanted to learn more uh, about what has happened in uh, uh, 2020 um, in in our own area. Paul is uh, British, Swedish, uh, I'm Swedish, and you are French. So, uh, can you recap a little bit uh, what's happened uh, in uh, France lately? So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm French and American indeed. Uh, ah, that's <laughs> I, 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 relocated, uh, I relocated a year ago, so I was uh, based in the US for, for, for many, many years. Uh, and I moved uh, essentially exactly a year ago uh, back, in, uh, back in France. Uh, I think the the way in general we started 2020 and our expectation on 2020 and how we concluded the year were, were quite different. Many events happened along the way, not just in the telecom industry, obviously. I mean, uh, 2020 was uh, a very rich year, I would I would say. There is one event that stands out for me is um, a person called Adam Gordon. It's a, it's an Ericsson employee. He's, he's head of field uh, maintenance in the in the UK. And then uh, last year, Adam received uh, from the Queen during the, the 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 birthdays Queen the Order of the British Empire. So, what it means mm. is that all the work that uh, Adam and his team did um, during the pandemic and that they continue to do every day in keeping this this network alive and these critical lines of communication alive, um, that is for me is a highlight. What what the team has done all through 2020 and obviously it's continued to do in 2021. Yeah, the the pandemic has had a, an an impact on the 5G rollout. Uh, that's for sure. It, it 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 did, but it if there is one, I would say positive out of uh, I would say something that is that is that is tough and challenging is the the it highlighted the criticality of uh, of of what we do, and that at the end of the day the the telecom is uh, is kind of the backbone of communication with the wireless uh, and all wireless. Uh, but then in France, uh, I think we ended up, uh, when I take it back on, on the topic of 5G, we, we ended up on a, on a very high note. The, the 5G spectrum uh, was finally auctioned in, uh, in late Q3 and made wow. available to the, to the operators. And, uh, and 5G was launched uh, in, uh, in December last year. So now we have the privilege to use 5G in France. We can go and buy a subscription as an as end user. So that's... Uh, 
we're ending up uh, 2020 on a very high note. Um, in France, is it like a, a nationwide uh, rollout, or is it uh, is it using uh, all sorts of spectrum, or do you have any details? Yeah, absolutely. So the the spectrum that was made available is the is the midband uh, 3.5 gigahertz spectrum, and so the the coverage and the rollouts are ongoing. So you have now like major cities with uh, with 5G coverage. There are some cities where there are still uh, ongoing discussion with the municipalities to get agreement to the, to launch 5G. But in general, it's very much based on the the new midman spectrum. And then there is also um, dynamic spectrum sharing. Uh, so essentially reusing the existing 4G band, uh, sharing these bands, uh, the FDD bands between 4G and 5G. That's a technology you've seen uh, in other places of, of Europe and, and globally, but that's also part of the of the rollout and the and, and I would say the, the launch in the in the, in France. Yeah, that uh, that uh, technology seems to be very very uh, popular out there reusing the 4G spectrum bands for 5G. Uh, so so that is happening in France. Uh, and, and just to say we have talked about that on the we have on several the times before, and we've had so, uh, so if you're interested in that you can go back and look at the earlier episodes. Yeah we've had the Sibelle who's the um, the who was the one of the first drivers towards uh, uh, making this uh, a great uh, solution for Ericsson, the Ericsson spectrum sharing. Uh, we've had her on the podcast several times talking about different topics, uh, Paul. So go back, look at the spectrum episodes with Sibel. Uh, but so a spectrum is a little bit of a difficult point for Europe, right, Christian? It, it is. So there are still key countries uh, in Europe, where the spectrum is the the new 5G spectrum, especially for midband, is is not yet available. Um, obviously, thinking about Sweden, Poland, and 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 other places in um, in Europe, and this is really, uh, in, in if you kind of step out and look at it globally, that is uh, that is like I would say Europe from that standpoint is is lagging behind, and that's that's critical now in uh, 2021 to. To conclude uh, the 5G auction, make the spectrum available, essentially uh, help the, the the CSPs, the operator, to to start rolling out 5G and launch 5G. Yeah, you you mentioned just when we were talking before that, um, like when you see a map of the 5G networks all over the world, there is like a big spike in the in China and the. Uh, and of course, uh, South Korea that's been launched very, very far away, or I would say perhaps uh, Oceania, well, uh, we, we would say Far East Asia, right? And then it's a big spike in, in the US. But then in between, it's sort of like a little bit uh, less of uh, 5G coverage <laughs> and Europe then being not so much uh, has happened last year uh, there, uh, right? Yeah, that's uh, exactly. I think the there it's it's obviously. I mean, it, Europe is uh, it's always more nuanced. It's it's many countries, many different. Uh, yeah. It's pretty wide geography. As a whole, I think uh, in, in Europe we have yet to, uh, I would say, roll out 5G to the level that we that we have seen in South Korea, in China, in Australia, or in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are countries. There are. I would say pretty advanced in terms of 5G rollout. I will pick up, for instance, uh, Switzerland, where quite a bit of 5G is, is is out there in a very good way. 
the yeah. UK also was very early uh, with uh, with 5G, with the, all the spectrum, uh, the first part of the, the mid-band spectrum made available back in 2019. Um, not where, I would, in terms of coverage, and uh, I would say ubiquitous 5G experience, if I may, if I may use that term, it's not there yet, but still some progress. Germany also some uh, some good progress, especially using the the DSS uh, technology or the Ericsson spectrum sharing. But then, uh, yeah, uh, if I take France, Italy, Spain, or like Sweden, we mentioned, I don't think we're there yet. So a lot more needs to be done. Yeah, but that uh, also means that we have a lot to look forward to, right, Christian? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Twenty twenty one is high expectation in a good way. Yeah. 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 It it would be a bit sad if we'd run out of work already. <laughs> yeah, and I guess we have a lot to talk about in this podcast as well, Paul, uh, as uh, uh, more yeah, countries, uh, yeah, get uh, get into the five G uh, role of things. We hope Sweden will uh, will join that this year at least. So, uh, when it comes to the five G usage in Europe, you, you mentioned some countries that have actually uh, started uh, rolling out uh, more uh, more. Uh, well, countrywide. Uh, do you see any special uses that you see that the um, 5G is uh, is specifically interesting for service providers there? No, yeah. I think it's, um, um, first, I think there, is, and there are a lot of use cases uh, on, the, on the global uh, map coming from South Korea, from the US, from China, from Australia. So it's, it's obviously there, I would say there are pools of competence and specific ecosystem. If I now reflect on, on Europe, if I start with more like um, the aspect of consumer, um, there is a the case of fixed wireless access. So fixed wireless access 5G, um, oh, yes. especially reflecting on, on what happened over like since the, the pandemic started and the fact that the, a lot of the traffic um, shifted from public places or kind of big venues into more residential areas. And a lot of these places um, don't have yet uh, mobile, like not mobile broadband, I would say broadband coverage. And mm. so there is there is a big push now um, as part of the economic recovery fund, like for instance in the UK, to, to bring broadband uh, access uh, to rural area or I would say residential, residential areas. And I think 5G uh, fixed wireless access is a fantastic way to, uh, in terms of time to market, in terms of cost of deployment, uh, to bring that uh, that bridge, that digital divide, if you want. And so it's a lot of, uh, if I pick the UK, a lot of the focus of, uh, of 5G uh, is around fixed wireless access. You go look at uh, what, for instance, uh, Hutch or 3 UK has, uh, you can get access to 5G fixed wireless access. So that for me is, um, is specific to, I would say, needs that kind of were highlighted through the, the pandemic that are still absolutely mm. needed. Uh, and that's, a, I think it's a very relevant use case for consumers. Uh, and then I think we can then expand and a lot of the promise of, uh, of the, the value of 5G is, is beyond consumer. It's also in the, in the enterprise and in the industry world. And so here it's more about, I would say, uh, pools of expertise or ecosystems. So a lot of, uh, if I take on Germany, a lot of the expertise is in the car manufacturers or some, I would say, great 5G use case that, that we've done with Telefonica and Mercedes in the in the in the in the factory in the, in Germany, or in the UK. I kind of like this use case. It's uh, it's uh, a work we've done with O2 in the UK. 
again it's in the enterprise space is with uh, Northumbrian water uh, and this one is, is rather ubiquitous that's why I like the case is mm. if you're, you're if you're a technician with uh, with the water company and you're trying to understand where are the where are where are the water pipes and so now you have uh, with a 5g connection uh, and you use a device let's um, say a screen with a superimposed, like, I call that augmented reality. And so you look, you're walking in the street, and then you have superimposed information on where are the water pipes under, essentially under the surface. All of this is, it can only be enabled with 5G because the amount of, uh, of traffic, the latency needed, the localization of where your device is, is, is really kind of a, a 5G use case. And it's really about a mobile 5G use case. So that's why I kind of like this, uh, this um, this this work we've done with O2 and of Umbrian water in the in the UK. Yeah, and it's it sounds so uh, futuristic, and still it's like it's actually concrete. Real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's like the X-ray vision that uh, that they used to talk about in uh, you know science fiction in the fifties. You can yeah see see through things and see the pipes <laughs> on the other side. Yeah, it's a bit uh, Star Trekky. <laughs> Cool. Uh, well, we hope to learn a little bit more about that in the future uh, as well, these uh, use cases. Just a, a note there. Is there a reason why car manufacturers seem to be um, seeing the need for 5G in particular? We've seen a lot of car, car manufacturers being in, on, uh, like doing trials uh, in, in Europe, uh, perhaps specifically. Or is it just that they, they are German and they're used to using technology or what, what is there a special, specific reason? Well, I, I'm, I'm not an expert in the, in the <laughs> automotive industry. All I can highlight is that there is in any of these industries, there's a, there's a constant race towards productivity. So how do you create the next generation factory that brings, I would say, the next level of productivity um, to to cater for and in, the trend is to have more and more customized, like, you know, like almost an infinite amount of type of options you want to have versus standardize in, into your specific cars uh, and kind of automatize these, all these factories. So then if you say, okay, well, what does that mean? What is 5G bringing into this? Well, the low latency, the high throughput, uh, the I would say the ubiquitous coverage that you bring with 5G, then you can start thinking about asset tracking in the in the factory. Uh, I would say managing all the telemetries, uh, all this data coming from all the robots, uh, or mm. managing how do you call that AGVs, these um, um, automated uh, uh, guided vehicles. All of this is it's all about wireless connectivity. It's all about managing these assets in a, in a very reliable and secured way, and that's what 5G is bringing. Yeah. Nice. So if we move um, then perhaps. Uh, bit into the future and uh, look at uh, what's going to happen in Europe in 2021. Do you have any forecasts or any visions that you see? Yeah, the, the crystal ball. So it's like, so yes. time for the, the exactly. the. <laughs> I, I guess the way I would like to describe uh, 2021 is um, it's a little bit of a recipe. And, uh, they, and, and I think we have all the ingredients to make a, a, a fantastic 5G cake uh, at the end of this year. Mm. So if I if I just think about the ingredients, what do you need to make 5G successful? First, you need a technology that is mature and that it work and that is working. Uh, and I think we have this. I think the if I reflect on what Ericsson technology is about and the the 
the maturity of what we've rolled out in Europe, but also in the in the US, in China, in the, in Korea, it's there. It's mature. Uh, it's also at scale because uh, we've been shipping um, millions of radio that are 5G. Uh, so that means it's also cost competitive. So that's kind of your two first ingredients. The device ecosystem is there. There is an iPhone now that that that, that is supporting uh, that is supporting 5G and bringing new oh, yeah. use cases. So that's kind of like the I would say the basics. There is a big appetite in the industry and in the I would say the the, and the consumer uh, towards 5G. So that's kind of uh, the the basics. And then a lot of the spectrum. No, it's not there yet on every single country, but a lot of the spectrum is now made available. Uh, and then from an Ericsson standpoint, we have all the the deployment capabilities. That's kind of the final. Part of the recipes can we roll this out the answer is yes so if you look at this uh, counting i think like six ingredients it's there so if we if we get onto it i think we can have a, a beautiful 5g cake at the end of this year <laughs> that sounds wonderful uh moving outside of europe uh, or well close by um part of uh, uh, your responsibilities are also covering uh, Russia. That's a huge country. How do you see 5G development there? So in Russia, the, the spectrum, so the, the spectrum that will be made available for 5G and, um, and the timing for this is still open. So that is still mm. being defined uh, in Russia. Uh, once this comes and that's, uh, that uncertainty is lifted, then uh, you're right, the, the geography is, is huge. Uh, then there are also very specific industries in, the, in Russia that, are, that will benefit from 5G. Um, we've done some trials on 4G, but also on 5 not trials, sorry, we've deployed 4G and we are doing some 5G trials. I'm thinking about the, a gold mine, for instance, with, um, I think it's uh, with MTS as an operator and the gold mine was with Polymetal. Uh, it was uh, mm. a pretty remote area of uh, of uh, of uh, Russia. Um, so the the I would say there are also uh, specific ecosystem and, and needs that are out there in in Russia that we can uh, where where 5G will 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 be very beneficial. Yeah, yeah, mining is one of those 5G cases we've seen in in other places as well, like in in Sweden and Australia yeah. and and I think probably even in in uh, in Canada. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a it's a specific uh, use case. They need a lot of uh, of of uh, uh, data traffic, uh, but in a very specific place mm. in the mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a really good uh, use case for for 5G two that we've now mentioned. Uh, when you, when we done go over to another part of your responsibilities, Christian, uh, Latin America. Haven't seen that much from there so far. So um, 5G was actually launched in Latin America for the the first country was Brazil. It was with Claro Brazil, actually on the Ericsson technology that was uh, late last year. Um, it was actually based on um, on spectrum sharing. So we're not there yet in terms of the, the full uh, 5G rollout, especially when it comes to mid-band rollout. But 5G is live um, in uh, Claro Brazil, and I think... Uh, the other operator since then follow suit, so it's it's starting. Uh, the spectrum is is uh, is starting to be made available. The auction for 5G are ongoing now in in Chile and soon will be released, uh, hopefully uh, within Q1. Uh, 
mm. same thing then the spectrum is is uh, will be uh, released through auction uh, likely in the first half of this year in brazil and then we also expect uh, i would say uh, 5g rollout in uh, in mexico in the second half of this year so i think the the 2021 will also be the year of uh, of early 5g rollout in the, um, in latin america and here it's the You've heard me talking about the, I would say, use cases that are kind of unique um, center of, of expertise. And we talk about cars, we talk about uh, uh, gold mines in, in Russia. I think it's, uh, there are specific center of expertise also in Latin America. I'm thinking of, uh, we did a trial with, uh, with Vivo in Brazil with, um, with um, a company called Sao Martinho. It's the, it's the largest uh, sugar cane um companies so it's it's essentially an agro business mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's in terms of uh, connectivity coverage in a rural place uh, for the fields but also uh, there is a lot of processing uh, of uh, in the in the agro business so mm-hmm. large uh, plants where where you can uh, where these plants could benefit and and increase productivity uh, through through connectivity wireless connectivity 4G and then 5G Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, when we when I think about Latin America, I would I would think that something like fixed wireless access is also good potential in over there. That that is a very fair point. I think the exact the I would say the the penetration of uh, of fiber. Uh, mm. It depends of which country, but in average, it's it's not uh, comparable to other other geographies. And so, fixed wireless access, you're you're correct. And five G fixed wireless access is also as high potential in the, in Latin America. Yeah, I think that uh, that concludes our section on the development of 5G in uh, Europe and Latin America. Thanks so much, uh, Christian. It was great having you on the podcast. It's great pleasure to be there. Yeah. yeah. Looking forward to my cake at the end of this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. we'll invite you back for some 5G cake. <laughs> yes. Exactly. For some 5G, 5G cake and, and updates. Uh, great. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening and bye. bye.